You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast for the independent mind and anyone who embraces life despite its absurdities. Join former attorney and professor turned Japanese papermaker Mark Reed each week as he talks with creative, inspiring, and influential people, or as he shares his own research to help make your world a little better today than it was yesterday. In over three years of doing this podcast, I have had the honor and pleasure of meeting some very distinguished individuals, some with a fascinating story or maybe even two to tell, some with expert-level credentials. There have been artists and writers, podcasters and professors, and so on. But it is few and far between when I am so overwhelmed by someone's resume, their curriculum, vitae, that I don't know which parts and how much to include in the introduction. Because honestly, I could eat up half the time just discussing their accolades. Yeah, in three years, 170 plus episodes, I might have had, let's just say I I could count on one hand, the number of folks who qualify for that description. Well, today that number increases by one. Diane Wisga has been a U.S. Navy nurse, a corporate businesswoman, a lawyer and litigation consultant. She is a storyteller, a speaker, an educator, and a fellow podcaster. She's a world traveler. She can scuba dive and fly a plane. She can even parachute out of one if need be. She has walked across Spain. You're, you catch my drift, folks. She's a big deal. I don't want to waste any more time introducing her. I got questions to get to. She joins me now from Whidbey Island. Is that Washington? Right? Okay, I know. I know it's state. Washington. Okay, so just north of <laughs> Seattle, just a bit north of Seattle. A long yeah. overdue guest for this show, in my opinion. Welcome to the program, Diane Wisga. Oh, Mark, thank you so very much. And that 20 bucks was really worth it. I really appreciate that. (laughs) That's just the retainer. (laughs) This is what happens when you're the firstborn daughter. You know, chronic responsibility is what you go with. (laughs) I'll do it all. (laughs) No, it's a delight to be here. Thank you very, very much for for the opportunity. Well, given everything I just said, we could talk about so much. I could have scheduled you for like a series, like five episodes. But uh, today I want to just, I want to focus on storytelling. Okay. Okay. So uh, one of the things you do now is that you help people find their words. You help help bring someone's narrative to the public surface. Um, So how exactly do you do that? Um, how do you help people find the words they didn't know they had? What's the process like? Tell us what engaged storyism method is. Which one do you want me to take first? <laughs> yes, answer all of those, please. <laughs> and I'll just sit back and let you run the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Once upon a time, long ago and far away. So, um, okay. I was very, very lucky to have as one of my mentors years and years and years and years ago, a storyteller who said, you know the story you want to tell. You just need somebody to listen it out of you. Hmm. And I've never forgotten Doug Lippman saying that. I can even see where we were when he said that. Hmm. Because what that does is it puts the power of the story with the teller. So my job is to be there as a doula, as a listener, someone who respects that you really do know the story you want to tell. You just need some help finding the words. And that's usually what what it's all about, helping women 
find the words they mm-hmm. didn't know they had so that they can speak the story that they want to speak. Mm-hmm. And with professional women, it's usually a story, I call it their origin story. How did you get from there to here so that you can connect with your audience? Mm-hmm. And not just connect with them, but engage them and also influence them to action because we all want somebody to do something, right? We all want some kind of action to follow, even if all we're doing is sitting at the table saying, pass the salt. It's Mm. all about that. But we're also in a place of being able to transform lives. And so when we share our story or one of our stories, it's being done with the idea that someone out there will sit up and say, what? You too? Right. I thought I was the only one. (laughs) And you're not. You're not. And so my work is all about, is all about listening. And the process of it really does depend on each client, what they have in mind as their, their vision, Mm -hmm. their idea, their dream. But it, but Collectively, it involves one-on-one, one-on-one work, like we're talking right now, right. and guided uh, exercises garnered and learned over 30 years of story, tested the hard way with sure. litigators. Right. You can get litigators. <laughs> well, I would, you know, let me break in here. I, I wanted to ask yeah. you as you were talking, because you, another thing that you and I have in common, we both were attorneys. Both. That's right. right. And uh, I wanted to ask you how that helped your ability to tell stories. And let me add this for the listener who who might be unaware. I think people there's a misconception that lawyers might be good storytellers. They that lawyers are verbose because of the the nature of their business, right? Actually, legal writing is very concise. It has to be very tight, and judges get annoyed if you have a lot of fluff in your in your legal writing. So like what going to law school and being an attorney did for me is it actually really tightened up my storytelling in that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Did you have the same experience or what, what, how did that change or help your storytelling evolve? Uh, I think what law school did for me is gave me a way to think and I've never lost that. It's a way to think it's a way to go about organizing material. Mm -hmm. And the reason that's so important in story is because a great deal of the work of putting a story together is organizing the material. You know, 80, 90% of it is just pulling it together and stacking it up and putting this here and putting that there, the structure of it. Mm-hmm. So it helped me, it, it really helped me think. Mm. Yeah, it did. Yes, and then um, to your point about litigators, uh, no, uh, some of the very first students I had in university when I was teaching story were plaintiff trial attorneys, litigators, and they would be in court going, what do I do and how do I do it? How do I take (laughs) lawyer man hat off and convey someone's story in a, what I say is a heartfelt, in a heartfelt way Mm. so that you get to engage with the, whoever the fact finder is. Mm. So you're telling a, a story, it's artfully told, You've got your structure there, right? But you're also using emotion, and I don't mean emotionally, 
but I mean the emotion that comes from feelings and sensations and experiences and memories so that the fact finder finds themselves inside mm. the story that's being told and can fully understand yeah. what it was that happened to this person to bring them to this particular place. Yeah, the, uh, a word that popped in my head when you were describing at first about telling a story, thinking it's unique and other people saying, you know, no, I, I, I can relate to that. And what you're saying right now is I think connection, that word is, is you're seeking that in every storytelling experience is you're, you want yes. the listener, even though you're telling a story that is unique to you, you want to tell the aspects of it that the listener can say, I know what that feels like. Even though I wasn't there, I didn't do that. I know what that experience must have been like. You're exactly right. You're you're exactly right. And it's because the listener, whether it's a fact finder in a courtroom or someone in a, a keynote or someone listening around a campfire, mm. all the same, we are using our imagination to mm. bring ourselves inside the story and the most amazing thing that happens with story is that when something is said, the listener is almost leaving the story and remembering in their own life something that was triggered by what was said in the story. And then they come back in. So the the act of storytelling, whether wherever it is, wherever it is, because mm -hmm. I said to my lawyers, look, a story for trial is a story that has legal terms. A story mm -hmm. is a story is a story. And so with our imagination, we are, we are bringing our own experiences and memories and feelings and sensations into that place. Mm -hmm. And so the more the teller understands that that is a dance that mm -hmm. is going on, the more prepared they are to be addressing what and how do I want to say in this story so that it connects with mm -hmm. and engages with the listener? Of course, that's going to be different depending on the the venue mm -hmm. that you're in. But it's all imagination. Let me ask you this then, um, mm -hmm. I, and I'm going to bring up a kind of sensitive topic, but it it you do have it out in the public domain, so mm -hmm. uh, you know it's accessible. Um, your journey involves overcoming challenges like being an incest survivor mm -hmm. and navigating male-dominated professions. Okay, mm -hmm. those are two things that I can't directly relate to. So how do you tell a story to me that I don't know what about the first experience and I don't know what it's like being in a male-dominated profession except on being on the on the beneficial side <laughs> on the, of the dominating side. <laughs> so how does no, that it's an, yeah, How does ahead. that translate? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's an excellent question. Because what we are looking for, what we're looking to bring out, are the overarching themes that everyone would understand around the world. Mm. So we all know about loss, betrayal, mm. abandonment, yeah. uh, joy, delight. We all know that. And so my job, if I was going to talk about either one of those experiences, would be to incorporate those themes and be talking about them under that umbrella so that whoever was in the audience could understand what the impact would be even if they hadn't had the experience mm. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. That's awesome. So that's that that's it. That's what you're looking for is you're looking for the overarching themes. Mm -hmm. You might be looking for values, the things yeah. that people would understand all around regardless, the world whether, right. regardless. Yes. Right. What what does the term story medicine mean to you and and how do you believe it contributes to healing and empowerment? For individuals. Oh, well, <laughs> how much time is we? we're going to do the series? Okay. This is chapter one of the series. So, um, one of my favorite authors, Zora Neale Hurston, back in the 30s, wrote a novel called Their Eyes Were Watching God. And in that novel, there's a line that says, There's no greater burden than carrying an untold story. Oh, wow. And the telling of a story is healing because we think about our own lives. How many times have we kept something buried? And it doesn't have to be deep and dark and dastardly. Right. It can be something that we want to share and never have. Mm. But the more opportunities we take to share a story with someone else, we're doing two things. We are creating a sense of vulnerability in ourselves, which is not the American way. The more <laughs> vulnerable we are, the more open we are to someone else, the more open we are to someone else, the more, the greater the human connection mm -hmm. and bring it all the way back to the listener who has the opportunity to say, what, you mm -hmm. two? I thought I was the only one. <laughs> right. And so, so story works. It, um, the rabbi Israel Ben Eliezer said, Regardless of where you are sitting with another person in a group, when you hear a story, you are to raise your eyes to God and ask, why did you send me this story hmm. at this time? Wow. That's great. So to me, I love that story. It's, it is a, um, it, story is organic. Yeah. Story is organic. It's like wine. So I, I assume that, a a character driven story uh, you're still going after the same thing. In other words, like a story that is really more about the people involved and how they act than it is about the events themselves. Um, I assume you're still going for the same thing, a connection with the audience. You know, like I recognize myself in that character or or I know someone just like that character, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You could have a lousy plot and a great character <laughs> and do really well. Yeah, because that's sometimes what we're interested I, pref in. I prefer that. I, well, I don't prefer a lousy plot, but a plot can almost be a distraction from the characters sometimes. Sometimes you're like, I want this story to just be about this person. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Um, you have been helping professionals take their stories from a personal space to the public domain for 30 years. Give me one that stands out. What is a memorable success story where storytelling made a significant impact on someone's life or career? I'm going to go to a, a really recent one okay. because I just love it. Um, this is a client that I've been working with. She's a, a professional businesswoman entrepreneur, and we were working on her origin story. Mm. How did you get from there to here? And she's a wonderful, wonderful person, very articulate. and reserved about her life. Not that it was, you know, weird, dark, dastardly, crazy, but mm. just reserved sure. about her life. As many women are because they're reluctant to say I and me. Mm. It's easier to say she and her. Mm. And so here in the course of working together, I was just 
there's got to be an exercise. There's got to be, there's got to be some way to pull this story out of you. And I'm not finding it. <laughs> I'm not finding it. And then I said, all right, look, and this goes back to your post today about drawing. I said, <laughs> here's the thing. Get yourself a ginormous piece of paper, just a ginormous piece of paper and, and get one and put it down on the floor and take out markers or crayons or whatever you've got and draw your story. Stick figures, I don't care, right. but draw it out. Mm -hmm. And so the next time we met, she's holding this up. Uh, we're on Zoom and she's holding this up and she's beside herself. She's like a little kid that won a prize, you know, <laughs> mom, mom, look what I did. Look what yeah. I did. And she's holding this up and she's saying, okay, and this and this and this. And she finally broke through. She finally nice. was able to say, this is who I am. This is how I got from there to here. This is what my work is all about. Nice. This is why it matters. That's beautiful. And, and over the course of time, there have been many opportunities to be of use yeah. in the world, helping people express their story. But that one. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, what, you know, you know what's great about that is we've been talking about connection. We've been talking about connection to the mm -hmm. listener, uh, the reader. You know, it sounds like in this experience, it was a connection with herself. Like she was able to, you know, tap into there. I've connected to me. <laughs> That's exactly right, Mark. See, you're, you're brilliant. That's exactly right. And so when we talk about the archaeological dig that you do on yourself in order to help find this origin story, mm. it's it's that. I mean, why do archaeologists go back? They're looking at prior civilizations. What do they do? What do they eat? How do they hunt? Blah, 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 blah. Right. The same thing with our stories. We go do an archaeological dig into where were we? Who were we? How were we? And yeah. Simon Sinek says your why. That's cool. But you really <laughs> have to start with your who. Mm. Once you've done what you said, once you've figured out yourself, right. your who then your why makes sense. And then it becomes, oh, wait a minute, I'm in alignment. My why is in alignment with my who, or it's not. Hmm. So we have to go back to the beginning. Yeah. Who are you? I love it. Where'd you come from? And that's exactly what she did. And so you're, you're spot on. Yep. Awesome. Well, tell us about Quarter Moon Story Arts. What is it exactly? What, what goods and services do you provide there? And um, and a question I imagine you get a lot, how did you come up with the intriguing name? I feel like there's a story in the name itself. Oh, yeah. So um, Kathy Matee is a um, is a country western, I guess, singer out of, I think it's, I think it's Tennessee. And she has a beautiful song. And a line in the song is, quarter moon's better than none when you travel the night road. A quarter moon's better than none when you carry a light load. And I've always loved those lines because there's just something haunting about them. And so to me, a quarter moon, when you've got nothing, it gives you a little bit of a glimmer mm. of light. And that's what I am. I'm the quarter moon and <laughs> the quarter moon. And then the Beautiful. logo, that's the lighthouse, is um, joined with that because, well, people love lighthouses, right? but a lighthouse beckons you to safety. A lighthouse says, I'm here, I'm watching this light that's in the dark, in the night, over the water. It mm. says, 
there's safety here. There's a harbor here and the harbor is, is ready, is ready for you. Nice. So that's, that's quarter moon story arts, uh, story arts is because I'm on an Island with a ton of artists and I wanted to art. Well, would be, I mean, you you can't turn a corner with bumping (laughs) into an artist. And so I wanted to honor my new home. And also I wanted to say something a little different than storytelling. So quarter moon, Story mm. arts okay. is my practice, and I offer one-on-one consulting. I offer workshops. I offer facilitating. In fact, I'm going to be doing a small event on Thursday, an Eventbrite online one-hour session, just ch- cobbling together origin stories. But it's an opportunity to work on your about page, uh, your brand story, which is another word for origin story, if you've got a keynote or presentation, if you've got an idea that you want to pitch. And I find that a lot of clients say, I just don't know how to tell my story. Mm. Or when I tell my story, I feel like I'm not hitting it on on all whatever things they're supposed to hit it on. And so a lot of the work that I do comes down to just clarifying. Yeah. Who are you? What do you want to say? How do you want to say it? And although that does come back to the origin story, there are other aspects of it as well. I'm getting ready for something. I need a story to tell. Yeah. But it's the origin story that drives Quarter Moon Story Arts. That's awesome. Well, I will I will link that in the show notes so people can find you. you. And um, mm-hmm. what's one piece of advice that you find yourself consistently giving to those looking to share their personal narratives? You've, you've kind of touched on that already a little bit find your origin. But um, but what just keeps jumping out that most people overlook or they just never think about when they try to put their story together? What's consistent is people will say, I don't have a story. Uh, I don't have I don't have a story to share. I'm I'm nothing and nobody, which is total nonsense. Right. <laughs> Everyone has at least one, if not many. Right. And so getting over that is the first hurdle is recognizing mm-hmm. that you have a singular story hmm. that sets you apart from everybody else in the world. And there are people that need to hear it. And hmm. by not sharing that story, it's like, would you deny rice to someone who is starving? <laughs> no, no, uh, we, we no. Yeah. I, I did not to plug my own stuff, but I did an episode on like, never, or don't forget. I can't remember the exact title, but it was something along the lines of don't forget that you are a fascinating person. Like, you know, that everybody is. You're absolutely right. Everyone has a story to tell. So that would get over that. Yeah. And whether (laughs) you're, get over it. Get over that. (laughs) And recognize that it's not that difficult to figure it out. Hmm. All you need is somebody to listen it out of you. So I would say if, you know, you don't cross the ocean by standing on the shore. Yeah. If you're at all curious about what your story is and who you can share it with, even if it's just your family, yeah. you know, when you're gone, who's going to tell about you? Who's going to say, hey, this was fill in the blank? Yeah, I agree. Well, I could listen to your stories all day. I actually tell people that as well. Where can they, I guess they can, I'm going to link Quarter Moon Story Arts. They can find mm-hmm. the podcast there, correct? Um. Yeah. It, it should not, be. Like, it should, if it's, not, I'll link uh, it to what's the name of the podcast? And it's stories from women who walk, and okay. it's on every every platform going. But 
what sets it apart from just about anybody else doing anything else out there is the daily 60 seconds. Yes. So you can dip in, get 60, 75, 90 seconds of wisdom or story or time out, and then go away on your day with something in your pocket. So yeah, yeah, stories from women who walk. I love it. That's one reason I keep a short form podcast. I don't understand people who do three hour, four hour podcasts. And it's not because I don't have a, it's not because I have a short attention span. I don't, I was a lawyer. I can study for for four hours straight. I don't have four hours straight. I don't have the time to listen to a four hour podcast. So I love that you do these like one minute snippet ones and uh, your stories are always fascinating. Uh, Diane, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an honor and a pleasure and it would be um, seriously, I, I need to have you back to talk about lawyering, travel adventures, jumping out of planes and stuff. Pilgrimage. <laughs> Pilgrimage. Mina de Santiago. Yes. Hi. Yeah. There you go. Thank <laughs> no, you so much. This has been just a, a pleasure. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it very much. Hey there, Sandwich Society. If you enjoyed this episode, Zen Sandwich is a listener-supported podcast, and we sure could use all the help we can get. Even just a fiver is appreciated. Go to zensandwich.com, and you could do a direct donation through PayPal or become a monthly supporter through Patreon. Either way, it makes my day, and it keeps the lights on for the show. As always, thanks for listening, and breathe. Don't forget to breathe.